I'm Barb Demeray, and you're listening to What's Next? Conversations with Boomers. Christmas is fast approaching. It's a season where we are bombarded by the sights and sounds of what is supposed to be one of the most joyous times of the year. All our senses are activated. With social media, the high expectations that surround this time of year are pronounced like never before. For many of us, this can be the most stressful time of year for a number of reasons. One of them being that those who were once close to us are no longer, often because of death, but more often because of strained relationships. Or it might be that we have an ill family member, either physically or mentally. My good friend Denise Torgerson and I have decided to devote this episode to just naming some of those realities of the Christmas season and giving permission to feel what we feel. There's a type of loss called ambiguous loss, where we have lost a person once close to us, not through death, but we've lost what we once had with that person. So neither Denise nor I are experts on ambiguous loss, but I felt it was an important topic to touch on. Baby boomers have experienced many, many losses. It's just all part of life. Hi, Denise. Hello. Hi, Barbie. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Okay. So let's, let's dive into this. do you do you have an, a, a definition of what ambiguous loss is? Yeah, ambiguous loss. Um, the definition that I um, learned is uh, here but not here, or gone but not gone. Very simple. Yeah, yeah. My guess is that virtually everybody has people in their life that fit into that category. Certainly by our age. Probably. Uh, yeah, I, I, sure. I, I don't have that stat. <laughs> but sure, I think, you know, because it shows up in many different ways, right? It shows up in even just friendships changing, but um, divorce or uh, mental illness or addiction or uh, moving to a different town or um, just dementia. Like there's so many ways that ambiguous chronic illness right? When we have a chronic illness, our world changes. And our, so our relationships change. And so there's a, there's a grief that goes there too, right? And at Christmas time, it's just, it's just glaring for people. It's just glaring, you know? It is just glaring. And, and that's, that's what I thought we would touch on, because we, we are sort of programmed by this. It's supposed to look like this. Yeah. It should look like this. And, and we're continuously bombarded with those images of the perfect family and the perfect decor, the, the, the perfect way to entertain yourself and your family. I mean, so many things. This is what it's supposed to look like. And yes, it, I, I, and I suppose it does look somewhat like that for a lot of people. But I would say for more people than not, it just doesn't look like that. And we have the added factor right now is that there's a there's a financial component. People are really struggling financially right now. So 
you know, the, 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 the Christmas that they thought they were going to have, they, they can't. Yeah. So lots and lots and lots of different ways to experience this kind of loss and lots, and it's not named. And we are, there's so much pressure. I just talking to a, a woman the other day and her kids keep having kids. And so she keeps get, having more and more grandkids, but she's on a fixed income. <laughs> so, you know, now, now do, do I buy presents for 14 people on my, you know, CPP? And just, it's hard. It's hard. Harder. Really hard. Yeah. And and she's not the only one. There's a lot of people that fit into that category where I, uh, you know, I, I, they just don't have the money that they may have had last year or they may have had, you know, fewer, <laughs> fewer grandchildren. Right. You know, some people will say, I just absolutely hate this time of year. I, I don't like it. I just can hardly wait till the day is over. Do you think it's okay to say that out loud? Sure. <laughs> I do. Well, I do. I think it's okay <laughs> to say it out loud. There's probably a lot of people that don't think it's okay to say it out loud. Christmas, at least in Canada, we're incredibly invested in Christmas as a happy family um, holiday of giving and receiving. And I mean, there's so many lovely things about it you know, not to mention the whole religious aspect, but like, we're just incredibly invested in it. And we want it to be wonderful. And so we, we, there's just so much pressure we put on ourselves. And when people are experiencing a, a loss, there's no energy, right? That's the piece. I think that's the most important piece. With ambiguous loss, it happens over time and over time. Just even we'll talk about Alzheimer's, for example, Alzheimer's mm -hmm. takes years, right? So, so dad or mom or, or husband or wife, they're changing over the course of years. So there's small losses over the course of years. And it's exhausting because we are keep having to grieve and re-grieve and re-grieve. And so now Christmas comes along and, um, you know, let's go shopping and let's do this and let's do that. It's, it's exhausting. I think that's the, the, the big word for me. How can we expand our energy in a way that promotes resilience and not exhaustion? Right. Yeah. What a good point. Uh, you know, and also I, I think when you're, when you're experiencing a lot of relationship challenges, whether it be, uh, you know, through, through, as you, as you've described through dementia or any, any of those other things, um, it kind of zaps your motivation to, to, you know, really get into it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. You know, I think, of course, it's okay yeah. to give ourselves permission to give ourselves a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, especially, especially people of our age, I mean, I, you know, I, I, and you're the same, I know, I mean, I've made so many turkey dinners, and so many big family gatherings. And, um, this year will be another one, but it'll be different to just say, I don't feel like doing it this year. And, and, you know, there's this going on and there's that going on and there's that going on. Oh, yeah. Let's just take a pass this year. I mean, some people do that. Oh yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Totally. Or, you know, or, or they, they don't take a pass. Maybe they decide that they're going to go to their person who someone's house or whatever, but then, but then just even then to, to give yourself permission to change your mind, right? Just, you know, give yourself permission to change your mind. If you're exhausted, that's real. That's real. That is real. Do you know, 
just just on the whole topic of changing your mind. Okay, this is one example of yes, it's okay to change your mind. And you know what? In general, it's okay to change your mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some people just get stuck on I said we were going to do this, or we planned to do that, or I said I wanted to do this. I don't feel like it anymore, or it's just not going to work. And, you know, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can change our mind. It, it, it's, there's no law that says we can't change our mind. Or even just be, be willing to um, change the tradition, you know, whatever that, whatever your tradition is, if your family is, has, is been altered in a way that um, you're not able to create the same, the turkey, the, the Christmas dinner in the same ways you always did. That's okay. It doesn't make it less special if it's done differently. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's, there's many times in life where we just have to accept what is rather than what we wish it would be. That can be really hard to just, this is, this is what it is. And we're really better off accepting it. It doesn't mean that we have to like it, but yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. We have to accept it. So I have two thoughts I want to say. So you, you said the first one, we don't just to accept something doesn't mean we have to like it. We just have to know that it's real. So that's what acceptance means to me. And then the other piece of that um, for me is to remember that it can be and in both. We can really hate it and we can enjoy our time with our family or we can really be pissed about this change and we can, you know, marvel at the day. Like it, it doesn't, one does not negate the other. We can have both. We can hold both at the same time. And I think for people who are suffering any kind of loss, it's important to remember that. It's also important to remember we can move in and out of our grief. It doesn't have to, uh, we, we can, small doses is best. We don't have to be completely ensconced in it, small dose. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. I love how you say we can experience those opposites at the same time. Yeah. We can love and hate something at the, at the same time. We can hate this, but love that. And what, you know, we can hate this, but love that right. we can, we can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not a, but there, there's a, there's, there's, ands. that's right. We can feel this way. And we can also feel that way. It doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be either or, you know, one of, one of the things that I was, I was thinking about is, you know, there's, there's just so many people that have strained relationships or severed relationships or whatever. Is, is this a time to rekindle those relationships? Everyone is unique. So I, I wouldn't, I, I would, would not dare to say a yes or no to, <laughs> to mm -hmm. that question. Right. I think um, here's the piece that's important. If you choose to try to rekindle a relationship, to remember that the person that you're trying to rekindle the relationship with might not choose. <laughs> right. So to be ready for that. No. Right. So that's one piece. So to know that you have enough capacity to be able to handle the no and, and there's no right or wrong, but just to be intentional and to understand like self-awareness. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to make this intention? Because sometimes we want to do things because we feel like we should, 
or we feel guilty, right? So if mm-hmm. that's why you're doing it, maybe this isn't the best time of year to do that. But if you're doing it because you truly want to re-engage and reconnect and create a different kind of relationship, then maybe it is. I don't know. But those are just some thoughts. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right in, in being able to ask yourself, why do I want to do this? Is it because I should? Is it because I'm feeling guilty? Which really aren't the right reasons. And and sometimes that takes some careful reflection. Yeah. You know, what what really am I trying to get out of this? Is it is it is it to repair my image? Is it because I can't stand the guilt? Or is it because, as you say, I I I really want to and probably a lot of people just don't know. Well, that's why it's important to ask the question, right? Yeah. That's all. It's just just to ask the question, why am I doing this? Yeah. 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 And as you say, you have to be prepared for the other person not wanting to. So it is a bit of a risk. Yes. Yes. You are taking a risk. And I think sometimes, you know, you could decide, okay, we're I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make things right here. And the person isn't reciprocating and doesn't want to. And then that sort of further tarnishes the relationship that you have to kind of bear during during this season that's supposed to be so joyous right plus we have a we all have an inner critic you know and to to be denied that would be a perfect reason for your inner critic to raise this ugly head and and uh you know why did you do that you shouldn't have done that like just we just Mm -hmm. need to be gentle this time of year with ourselves and with everybody around us you know gentle and and tender, I think, is a good way to go <laughs> over the Christmas holidays towards yourself. Denise, you're so wise. <laughs> you're so wise. <laughs> it, it, being, being tender and gentle, you know, that's the operative word. Let's just be tender and gentle with others, as and, and but most importantly, with ourselves. I mean, certainly, you know, I, I mean, however we treat ourselves is the first step to treating others the same way. And we'll be right back. Okay, so we've sort of spelled out the various scenarios that, I mean, I think we've kind of concluded that most of us at this age, we gear towards baby boomers, have some kind of strained relationships. For one thing, our those of us with kids who have families, our families are expanding. Mm-hmm. And and all those relationships are not necessarily good and healthy ones. Another thing that I was thinking about is how do we effectively ignore this bombardment of images and sounds that remind us of what this time of year is supposed to look like. I, I mean, how do we how do we block that out? Well, I don't think we do. <laughs> I think that yeah, I don't. I, I think that that would be an enormous. It would take an enormous amount of um, energy, and wow, we don't have enough to block it out. I think the question is not so much how do we ignore it or block it out. How do we move through it with grace? How do we move through it and not be um, not not judge ourselves, right? Just the scenario. I just don't have it in me this year to do to do all the baking or to send out the Christmas cards or, right? And just move through all of that and be okay with yourself as you make those choices, right? To be okay with it, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And I think if there's, if there's anything that I would really want to underscore in this episode is that all those things that Denise just listed, that is just fine. If you don't feel like doing the baking this year or the, or the cards or whatever it is. Or maybe you do, right? Like go for the joy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you do, but do what feels right for you. And that's going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about some ways that people might be able to deal with this? What, what, what do we do to sort of ease the pain or, or, or make it less tense or, you know, get through the day a little easier? I think we, I think we have, I think we can name them again, but um, that end in both instead of either, or I think that's a really good um, mindset to hold as you move through the day. Uh, that's um, some self-compassion is a huge and important tool. <laughs> you know, be kind to yourself, really important. Um, it's really um, ambiguous loss. The reading that I've done on it, it's really um, about uh, creating resilience. Like just um, we, we have a resilience muscle and we can use it. So like I just said a minute ago, go for the joy. I mean, if there's something that does make you happy, then, then, move towards that for sure. Mm -hmm. And then um, again, rest. <laughs> rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you think? What, what do you have ideas? I agree with absolutely everything you've just said. We all like tradition and tradition looks different for everybody, but there's nothing wrong with creating your own traditions or different traditions, new traditions or your own family. I mean, one thing we know about life, there's not a whole lot of certainties, but one of the certainties in life is change. Yeah. Things do change. That is an absolute given. Whatever we whatever we have, whatever circumstances we're in right now is not going to be forever. There's going to be an alteration of some kind. There's going to be it's going to be something different. So it asks us to learn to adapt. And part of that is okay, we don't have that anymore. So let's, what about this? Let's, let's do something completely different. Mm -hmm. And there's no rules around that. That's right. There's all sorts of things that people decide to do that they've never done before on, on, on Christmas and get great pleasure out of that. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just important, I think, to not focus so much on, it's, it, it's supposed to be totally joyous and it's supposed to be harmonious. And for so many people, it is just not. And I, and I think we just have to be okay with that and not succumb to pressures of society, which, which we said in the beginning is these, these pressures, we are, we are bombarded with all these images and sounds that kind of condition us to thinking this is, this is what it's supposed to look like. Well, it can look like that, but it's, if it doesn't, that's fine. Uh, yeah. You know, our society, there's some, boy, there's some myths out there that are wrong <laughs> in our society, Western culture, man, just so. Yeah. Wrong. Um, but, you know, I think, um, again, it just goes back to and in both and yeah, be kind to yourself, man, be gentle. And you remember, you're allowed to change your mind and family doesn't have to be blood. Family doesn't have to be blood. That is is probably one of the best pieces of advice. We can create our fam our own families. 
the family you created is going to give you more joy. And, and there, that is absolutely fine. One thing I was going to ask you too, do you think that we sometimes kind of overdo the look on the bright side? mentality oh I oh my god I'm sure you've heard me rant and vent about this before we've gone from you know positive thinking to you have to think positive you know feelings are frowned upon even extreme happiness is frowned upon actually we all need Mm -hmm. to behave (laughs) everybody wants everybody to behave so that they can feel comfortable I think that there's such a thing as positive psychology and it's great and there's some tools in there that we can use Positive thinking is kind of pretending, you know, oh, everything's really good when it isn't. So Dan Siegel, he's a very smart man somewhere down in the States. He says, if you can name it, you can tame it. So if we can name it, if we can say, you know what, this is just a crappy Christmas, Mm -hmm. that, that releases a lot of tension and resistance. And that gives you more energy to maybe say, and, you know, whatever, whatever brings you joy right? Holding mm-hmm. space for mm-hmm. those. Yeah. I do tend to want to see what's working in my life rather than what's not working. And I do tend to look on the bright side. And I, I, I don't know, I think it's just part of my temperament, part of my nature. I've just been like that. Not because I think I have to, but I think it's sort of, I think I use it sort of as a protective mechanism, because if I get too buried in, in what's not right, I, I'm almost afraid of what that might feel like. Right. So you and everybody else, right? So yeah. So I think, well, you know, I've got this and I've got that. And and those things are all true. But, you know, sometimes things just suck. <laughs> so it's, it's just name it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one does not negate the other, right? So to be positive, but not unrealistic. Yeah. Right. So so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively positive, I think. All right. Or I will, I have my moments anyways, let's say that. Um, You're and, human, like the rest of us. Right. You're human. Yeah. And, but, and um, I understand that it's important to be realistic as well. Right. That's realistic that you don't have tools to create positivity and to co-create with other people. That's all really good. And don't pretend. Don't pretend. Yeah. This thought just came to my mind, Denise, and you being an expert on on grief. Okay, so this is a question about about people who have lost through death. Are there people that feel I can't enjoy this season because somebody such and such isn't here anymore, such and such is gone? I I just can't. I I, I don't want us sitting around singing, or I don't want us to you know laugh or anything yeah. because it's not it's not honoring the person that has died. I I, I mean, do you, do you? find that people sometimes feel guilt for feeling like, oh, you know, I know the such and such isn't here and we miss him or her, but we're still having fun. So there's lots of things to say there. Sometimes it depends on, uh, you know, the, how long ago did the person die? How did they die? What was your relationship? Sometimes people just do not have the capacity to enjoy Christmas. Yeah. They and that's okay. Too. And that's okay. Um, yeah. And then for sure, yeah, I think even it doesn't even have to be Christmas. It can be, oh, my God, I, I just sat and laughed with my friend. How could I do that with my husband just died a week ago? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think that's and that's a nor- I think that's pretty normal. I think we all because we think somehow we're going to forget our person or we're not honoring our person. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that's the work of grief. How do we move forward with with our person and honor them? and honor ourselves as we, because we're still here. 
Right. Yeah. We're still here. So we still need to grow and change and shift and learn and feel all those things. Adapt. Mm-hmm. Not easy. Right. Not easy. Not easy. No. I just read no. a, a quote from David Kessler. He said, um, over the holidays, you know, tips for the holidays. He said, you don't need to devote all your time to grieving, but you do need to devote some time to grieving. Mm. So if you can allow the grief in a little bit, that'll open up space that you can, you know, whatever happens, you know, cook the turkey dinner or, you know, go to Aunt Mabel's or, yeah, but you have to devote some time to your grieving, some time, and then move forward. And it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the rest of the time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we want to say about this topic? We've kind of covered a lot here. Uh, no, I just to remember, you know, I mean, for all, you know, just gone but not gone or here but not here. And everyone just look at your own life and um, where does that show up? And chances are it does, right? And it doesn't even have to be a person. It can be a pet. It can be a job. That's a good point. Yes. It can be yes. a job. It can be a an income it can be yeah so yeah just to remember and and in that so notice it and name it and then again i'm a broken record but (laughs) you know um just hold a little bit of space for that and and um understand that it is taking up part of your energy right so to to be able to see that oh okay there we go that's why i need to sit down for a minute and have a cup of tea it's okay i'm tired yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about last Christmas when, when uh, you know, so many people couldn't, well, last Christmas and the Christmas before, when so many people couldn't gather and we were, you know, in some places reduced to one person or two people because yeah. such and such had COVID or you couldn't get gather or whatever. Yeah, I think it was hard. A lot of what I write about sometimes around this time of year is COVID and how, um, how COVID has literally changed everything. And it has still, it continues to change everything. And there's just so much uncertainty. And uncertainty and change are the two of the biggest things that happen in grief. So I, I think of COVID as a grief experience globally. Truly. Yeah. I mean, we went through, we've all been through something that nobody's been through before. Yeah. Thanks, Denise. Thank you, Barbie. <laughs> Again, <laughs> so much wisdom. Oh, as, as to you too. So much clarity and um, compassion, I think, you know, oozes from your pores. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here <laughs> quietly and let you say kind things to me. <laughs> What's Next is written and created by Barb Demeray. It is produced, edited, and engineered by Mella. If you like the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you stream your podcast. Thank you for listening.